I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover various topics important to the league. Using X's and O's, we give honest and critical analysis. This week, just hours after one of the more exciting drafts to come to this league, we have our gut reactions. We obviously take into account all three rounds, but we focus mainly on the first round and the start of the second, as history has shown that these are the impact players that will shape the league. Um, first off, I mean, Asia Wilson goes first to Vegas, but there's a lot of motion that we expected or didn't happen. And Eli, just, you know, right off the bat, we're going to be doing draft grades, but what was your overall reaction of the draft? Were you shocked? Were you, eh, this is what I expected? Cause, cause this wasn't how our draft board went. I was very surprised by some of the picks. Um, but like you said, we also didn't have any major trades unless something could come out. I mean, something could still come out in the next few days. But as of now, we didn't get that blockbuster, you know, Dallas trading up for Chicago or Indy and Vegas trading that we thought, you know, might happen. Um, but while we didn't get surprises on the trade front, we got some very big surprises as far as I'd say there were two huge surprises in the first round that I think like really could shape the future of this league in some ways. So I think there's a lot to discuss. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's hop right into it. Um, you know, we're not going to go, it will take us so long to, and, and obviously we can do that for another show, uh, but we're not going to get into each person who was drafted. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes. So looking at Vegas, Asia Wilson was their, was their first pick. They did get two other picks going in. Um, what is your grade for them? I mean, they kind of did what everybody expected. And for me, it's I have trouble grading teams that did what everyone kind of expected. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they got Lewis from LSU in the third round. Uh, I think their second round pick was notable. Nared from Tennessee. She's a three. She's a guard sure. slash forward. And she's someone I think was on first round boards, you know, months ago early in this process. Fell a little bit, but... Um, you know, they look, it's hard not to give them an A just because they got Asia Wilson. Like you said, obviously, it was kind of the obvious choice. So it's like, do we give them credit for that? But I'm going to go ahead and give them an A because look, they didn't overthink it. They took Wilson, they got a nice piece. And I think the three is a position of need. I don't, I'm not sold on Tamara Young as a long term solution. So I think getting Nared as a three. Could be good. And they traded with Minnesota and got Jisoo Park. The I think she's only 19 from Korea, and she's a center. And, again, maybe that's nothing. Maybe she's a bust. But I feel like that was some nice upside. Again, that's more what I want to see from the Aces of taking a 19-year-old when you're trying to rebuild. So I'm going to give him an A. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, can, I don't think I can argue that one. I think something that's going to be really interesting, we've already gotten some flack off our gut reactions on the Indiana fever. And we both share a similar feeling, which is Indiana got two players or multiple players, but looking at the, at the first round, because for Indiana and Chicago, the first round was beyond important. Indiana gets two players that we are both high on and are top tier players that should go, in our opinion, in the first round. I think the interesting thing, though, is both of us afterwards kind of sat there and go, something feels off. Yeah, it's weird. Like on Twitter, everyone said Indy won the draft or was a big winner. And look, at face value, it's hard It's hard to argue. They got Kelsey Mitchell, Victoria Vivens, Stephanie Mavunga, you know, as far as their, you know, early picks. I mean, Mavunga is basically a first round pick. I mean, I feel like this first couple in the second round. 
And so on one hand, you say, man, that's a good haul because they got three players that, you know, should project to be, even in Mabunga's case, at least a rotation level player. But where I disagree that it was like a home run is I just, two out of those three picks, I would have gone in a different direction. You guys, I mean, I think at this point, everyone knows that I felt Stevens should have been top two. So I ding them a little bit, even though I think Mitchell could be a great player. I think Vivian's at eight was the right pick. Um, I don't think they were expecting that. I think they thought Washington was going to go there. And when Washington took Atkins, it kind of fell in their lap. So I think at first I was like, it doesn't smell right just because like, no, I don't think we expected Indy to get her. But like, obviously that was the right pick at that point. But honestly, the Mavunga pick, you know, I think Mavunga is that type of player that her ceiling is like a backup center that comes in and rebounds and fouls and defends. But I just see with Monique Billings sitting there, who could be a modern three or four in a pace and space offense that Pokey Chapman seems to like, I think Billings would have fit really well with Vivians and Mitchell. That one was like a little bit head-scratching to me. You had a chance to get Billings, who we all thought was a first-round pick, and went with Mavunga. So I'm going to give him a B because like they did get three good players. And if Mitchell hits her ceiling, that that's really all that matters, honestly. But I, I don't – like, you know, if they were walking away with Stevens, Billings, and Vivians, maybe I'd feel like it's an A. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I hear you. I guess my grading system is a little bit different. I give them an A- minus because I think they did get top talent players at the positions. But I definitely agree about Billings. And that's, that's a whole other thing that I'm waiting to unleash when we get a little bit later in the draft. Um, moving on to the Chicago Sky. Chicago, uh, to me also, is kind of like Vegas, you know. They got the they got top tier talent. They got top players that we all kind of expected that they wanted or they were going to go after. Um, so again, I struggled to give them a grade because it's what we expected. But end of the day, the Shields and Gabby, woo. Yeah, they're a tough one too because they got the two players they wanted this whole time. And I have some good stuff from Amber Stocks. Let me know when you want me to bust that out. Um, but you know, like I'm going to give them a B. Um, that might surprise some fans. It's just that I just think, again, Azure Stevens is 6'6", with the potential to just be a two-way dominant force. And Gabby Williams, I think she's going to be a really solid WNBA player, but she's 5'9", and I just feel like the ceiling, you're giving up 7-inch. Like, essentially, both of them are going to kind of play that stretch 4-3 wing, and you're giving up 7 inches. And... Um, I don't know. You know, it's like I, the picks in a vacuum, those are amazing picks. And I'm a big fan of the Shields. I'm overlooking her off the court stuff. But look, Stevens is sitting there, and I just feel like they went with a safe bet with Gabby Williams. And so I, I'm going to ding them a little bit for that and give them a B. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I, I would go somewhere in the B range. I don't think it was bad enough for a C, but I don't think it was good enough for an A. Um, so Seattle is – oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we yeah. get to that, sorry. Break down. Let, let us know what you heard from, uh, from head coach Amber Stott. Yeah, so she, she, she called me um, and I reached out and um, she called and got to talk to her one-on-one a little bit. So that was cool. I, unfortunately, I was you know, kind of on the move last night with AAU practice. But um, you know, it was interesting. I asked her – about Gabby and Diamond, and she said they fit perfectly into our defensive schemes and our style of play. 
And then, you know, because some of the fans, some of our Sky fans on Twitter have been asking about like the starting lineup. I asked her, you know, is she someone philosophically who will start rookies if they earn it in camp? And she said, I'll put out the unit that makes the most sense regardless of years in the league. So, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves, I, I basically look at that as a yes. Um, and then I said, I have to ask about Stevens. You know, all the chatter was she would be a top four pick and she was sitting there on the board for you. Can you talk about the decision not to go with Stevens? And she said very emphatically, and I quote, there's no one in the draft pool that was a better fit for Chicago than Gabby Williams and Diamond to Shields. Nobody. Wow. There wasn't even a close third. Wow. That's bold. That is bold. You heard it here first. That's bold. I mean, I don't even know what else to say other than that's bold. I, mean, I Obviously, you have to have confidence in your picks. And I think that confidence is shown when, when they, they did that. Because you could have very well you know, done some other stuff. Stevens was still around there. Canada was still around there. So I'm going to give a lot of credit hearing that and change my view on that then. And if she has that confidence, I think you have to give them a little bit of a, a better grade because that says, you know, I, the argument's always do you go for the best player or do you go for the best fit? And I think in this case, they found the best fit happened to also be, you know, of the top three best players. So they said, boom, let's go for it. And as, as, well, as well known and well respected, Amber Stocks is somebody who follows the numbers and is a very, very numbers and analytical coach. So I got to say, you know, I'm going to err on the side of she knows something about their game, uh, at least statistically or, or, or analytically, that, that will fit better than we're thinking. But here's where I'll disagree. And I think, you know, I know we're doing a quick version, but I think Chicago merit, you know, Chicago and Indy merit a little bit of a deeper dive. Um, Definitely. Well, I, the reason I'll disagree is I just think, you know, Stevens fits what they needed. You know, if, if this was a matter of they took, like, let's say Stevens was a, a point guard or a set, let's say Stevens was a pure center, a, a center that wasn't mobile, and they went with Gabby, I'd be like, you know what, that's fine. Like, they have Dolson, they have Coates. At this point, they need to see what they have there. They took a position of need. But they need a four. They lost Jessica Breland. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think Stevens was, like, the best available talent and a position of need. Yeah. No, I, I mean, so, well- that that's why I'm gonna definitely look. That. Yeah, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you because at the end of the day, we both agree that we think Stevens should have been like a top four player in this draft. So to say like she should have like she should have gone, I don't think in any way, shape, or form is a knock. I think I'm just I'm I'm willing to give Amber Stocks after after the rough season last year, and I got a little bit more confidence in her. I'm willing to give her a little bit of you know a, a lenient grade on this one, but uh, come other stuff, I don't think I'm willing to do that. Let's move on. To Dallas. Oh, sorry, sorry. We skipped Seattle. Seattle Storm doing the move that I that a lot of us were talking about Dallas and Seattle kind of jockeying for, right? Jordan Canada at number five to Seattle Storm. Seattle made some really good moves. And and honestly, though, to me, it's 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 the headline is Jordan Canada. Obviously, she's your first round pick, but also what it means to the rest of this team. You want to talk about that? How, what does this draft impact the Seattle Storm tomorrow? You know, Seattle's tough for me. I think initially when I looked at Canada, I said, oh, man, that's a good draft for them. You know, I like I respect that they're planning for their future. You know, Sue Bird's going to retire. But, you know, what? I'm going to give them a C and uh, maybe that's going to be my hot take. Um, But I just 
you know, again, Azrae Stevens is sitting there. The fact that she was going to fall to fifth, that, see, that's really when the shock happened. The fact that the fever didn't take him wasn't that big of a shock. We we kind of knew they were going to go Kelsey Mitchell. Even though we had Stevens second, we said in our draft board, that's because we think she should go second. Um, we knew Mitchell was going to go too. When Chicago passed on her, that's when I think everyone on Twitter and everyone live at the draft talking to Pat Ralph, who was our WNBA insider live correspondent from the draft. And by the way, shout out to Pat. Follow him at Pat Ralph. He did a great job, and we'll get him on the pod next week to talk about the experience. Um, but I think when Chicago passed on Stevens, I was like, okay, now this is interesting. And I just think Seattle made a mistake. I think I get they wanted Canada. I get they wanted a point guard of the future. But at some point, you can't pass on that high of a talent. Dude, imagine as Azura Stevens. It's Azure, right? Imagine Azure Stevens and Brianna Stewart as your front court. Just think about this. Think about that length. Think you'd have two. You know, I think you know Stewart's like six four. Stevens is six six. I mean, you don't even. It doesn't even matter if they're four or five. That is the perfect modern front court. Both players can play the four or the five. Both can stretch the four. You could go five out on offense. They both have the the athleticism to protect the rim. I mean, that would have been scary. And then they, that's the perfect combo for someone like Jewel Lloyd, who wants to get up, who wants to push the pace. I just think they were a little too married to this idea of replacing Canada now. I mean, replacing Bird now. It was a good thought. But once Stevens became available, you don't pass up on a high-end talent like that. And also, we've had our questions. I mean, I, I like Canada, but... Her and Jewel Lloyd as a defensive backcourt, I think, would be really, really undersized. So, well, so that was my thing. I, I, I was gonna try and, and be the one getting the hot take here for giving them a bad draft grade of a C minus or a C because of that. Not even I wasn't even gonna get into because they drafted Canada, they didn't draft whoever. I just and I've been vocal about this from the get. I just don't think Canada's a great fit because of that issue. And that's why, you know, for a very long time, I said Lexi Brown should be going to that team because I think a little bit more size and a little bit more overall, you know, well-rounded of a player. And then you have Jewel Lloyd who can be that scorer. That was my take, and that's why I was willing to give him a low draft grade. But I completely agree. If Stevens is there and you're Seattle and you're saying, oh, man. Because just, again, think about Stewie and Stevens. That's scary. That's nightmares for other coaches. Yeah, I just think I just think a, a core of Stevens, Stewart, and Lloyd is that scary stuff. And you figure out who the right pieces are around them, and you don't you don't have to figure that out right the second. You know, you still have Bird, you still have Alicia Clark, you still have Langhorn, you added Howard and Paris. You had enough this year to bring in Stevens and feel like you're good. And then, you know, you address that point guard as it comes. And also knowing like Lloyd can play some point guard. So it's just, I don't know. Again, it again, and if like, you know, if, if this gets back to Jordan Canada, it's not getting a C because of Jordan Canada. I think, you know, I honestly think she was, I, we've talked about her almost in, like we thought she was the best point guard in this draft, even ahead of Mitchell. Yeah. So it's more just that I believe Stevens was the, top two prospect in this draft so if you're drafting fifth and you pass on her i'm gonna have to give you a c that's basically what it comes down to oh yeah definitely again none of these are knocks against against the players i don't think any of our 
our draft grades are like, oh, this player was crap. No, not at all. What we're saying is, is to us, it's about the future of the team and the fit of the team um, and that moving forward. So moving forward to the Dallas Wings, who must have been sitting there at six going, well, I guess we're taking, we get Stevens. I mean, uh, that, you, don't, you don't have to put a gun to our head. Yeah, I mean, that's just an absolute A in my mind. You know, like there's nothing else to say. Like you you took to me somebody who, like I've said on the record, I'm not going to back down. I think Stevens could be the best player in this draft. And I think people on Twitter are, are, are misunderstanding me because yesterday people were like, well, you think she'll get an MVP before Asia Wilson? I said, no, you need to understand the difference between a ceiling and a floor, right? A ceiling means at their absolute pinnacle, if you take all these players and say, what's their absolute pinnacle peak, I think Stevens has the highest. Having said that, that doesn't mean they'll reach that. And like I said, Wilson has a higher floor. Wilson has a higher percentage chance to get to her ceiling than Stevens. It's just that that ceiling, I think, is slightly lower, okay? And I think that makes sense. But, I mean, that's – I mean, wow. I mean, you think about Skylar Diggins-Smith, Alicia Gray, Glory Johnson – Azure Stevens, I'm going to get it right eventually, and Liz Cambage. I mean, that starting five with Ariel Powers as a six woman, that is some scary stuff. Now, I will say, like, and this will be for our preseason rankings, they have a lot to clean up schematically. So, again, the roster's there now. I, I look at this a lot like the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. They have a ton of talent. Is the scheme going to fit them? TBD, but they got to get an A. And I even like their second-round pick, uh, Lauren Goodwin from Oklahoma State, a guard, uh, another player that I think can can kind of light it up. Um, I think you know they passed on Maisha Hines-Allen. Um, some might be critical of that, but I think Lauren Goodwin is more like a clear role. Hines-Allen, I think, is kind of like it's unclear what her position is in the WNBA, and I think Dallas needed another guard just to give Skylar Diggins – a little bit of a rest at times. So I, I think they got an A for what they did tonight or last night rather. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to find anybody to disagree with that one. So I'm not even going to try moving on to, to Washington. Honestly, this one was kind of a head scratcher also, right? A lot of people were saying, you know, the, the connection, the connection Vivian's is going to Washington. We talked about it and we said, look, they're not going to draft someone based off of, you know, that connection that, Hey, I'm the head coach, and my daughter was coaching you in college, and you played really well. That's not going to do it in the pros, all right? So, I, yes, they might have had a little bit more knowledge about who she is as a player to make that decision, but why do you think they went with Atkins? Why Why Atkins? So I did, um, I did speak briefly with Tebow via text, and, you know, it was a pretty boilerplate response. But I will say, you know, let, let, me, um, let me read it here. Because there's something in there that actually Blake Dodonis um, said on our pod earlier. I mean, from Mike Tebow, uh, he texted this to me. We thought she was the best fit for our team. Great at both ends of the floor. Unbelievable focus and effort. Now, you could argue that that um, obviously is a very boilerplate kind of coach response. But Blake Dodonis on our podcast did say that Ariel Atkins had the best work ethic of any player in the in in that we went over. I mean, he didn't say it in exactly those terms, but he emphasized her in that regard more than anyone else. And so, I don't know, maybe there's something to that. I think look, it, 
it sounds like a weird pick because we didn't expect it, but I don't think that necessarily means it was a bad pick, if that makes sense. Um, what does Washington need? They have a pretty well-balanced roster, right? They have Thomas at the five, Deladon and Misamin at the four. Um, you know, they have Christy Tolliver at the one. They have TRP, who's a great defender at the three, and they have Taylor Hill, who's a scoring guard at the two. Now, I think the argument for Vivian's is like Taylor Hill's out, Bring in Vivians, who's more of a scorer. I think Atkins is more of a defensive-minded two-guard. And you could argue they already have TRP, who is that kind of defensive-minded player. Given that, I'm going to go with a B-, minus, just because I think from what I see on the roster, Vivians just still seems like a better fit. Um, they did get Maisha Hines-Allen. Again, I think another safe pick. I'm not really sold on what position she plays at the next level, but you know, for a mid-second-round pick, that's a solid pick. So I'm going to go with a B-. minus. Um, again, I think this is one that we're going to have to wait and see because I don't think anyone really knows what to expect from Atkins. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving on to Indiana Fever, their second pick. We kind of already touched on this. Vivians from Mississippi State. Um, again, be very clear on that. Well, I thought we were going team by team. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess they got two, so it's not. We it's not already talked. I mean, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, moving on to number nine, Connecticut. Lexi Brown from Duke, someone who I was really high on, and, and, and something that was really interesting to me that we saw, and, and that's what made seven, eight, and nine, and ten, those picks so interesting to me, is Lexi Brown's still around, and Lexi Brown goes to Connecticut, which a lot of people said Kia Nurse was going to go to, right? And a lot of the mock drafts, that's where we saw her going. So now we're seeing... Stevens drops a little bit, just to recap. Washington kind of shocks some people by going with somebody who, in the beginning, was a late first-rounder, kind of got bumped out in a lot of the projected mock drafts. And now you're sitting here, and Connecticut does another twist where they go, we're going Lexi Brown. I give them an A because, well, okay, let me, let me, I give the pick of Lexi Brown an A, just best available there. I think they have a log jam at the front court. They need more guard play. She's an excellent three-point shooter. So I, that's what I like about the pick. Like, she's not going to start – I doubt she starts as a rookie over Strickland, Jasmine Thomas, Courtney Williams. But because she can shoot, I think there's a role for her sooner than later because she doesn't have to be a point guard. I also think, look, Jasmine Thomas made the all-star team last year, but, it, but she's not a perennial all-star, um, at least so far. She kind of had a breakout year, and I kind of like the hedge of this pick of, like, hey, what if Jasmine Thomas, what if that was a one-year wonder kind of year for her? I'm not saying it will be. I'm a big fan of her game. But she's not Skylar Diggins-Smith. She's not Courtney Vandersloot where she's proven it year over year. So I think there's also a nice long-term strategy here of like she can play off the ball. And look, if Jasmine Thomas kind of declines or isn't that same all-star level she was last year, man, we might have just gotten a point guard of the future. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I huge. I was huge on Lexi Brown. The, the, the players that, in my mind, obviously I was talking more backcourt. I'm more of a backcourt guy. Uh, Lexi Brown and Kia Nurse were two players that I think were not getting enough attention. I mean, they were getting attention. They were all talked in the first round, but didn't get enough attention. So to me, if you're sitting at 9 and 10 and you're getting Lexi Brown or Kia Nurse, that's a win for you, and you're getting a good draft grade in my book. So, I mean... Moving on, moving on to New York, what were your thoughts on them getting Kia Nurse? I like that. Obviously, we've spoken at length about us wanting them to get somebody. Wait, who real can... quick. Yeah? Um, real quick. So Connecticut did trade the 15th pick in the draft. True. 
um, to Atlanta for Bria Holmes. I think we do have to quickly touch on that. They, they traded Bria Holmes, who will miss the season uh, due to pregnancy, for Monique Billing. I, I mean, that 15th pick, Atlanta took Monique Billings. I think we have yep. to factor that in. Um, obviously, you know, if Connecticut knows Billings is there at 15, I don't know if they do that trade. Obviously, you can't assume that. I think everyone was shocked she fell that low. What did you think of that trade, and does that impact – I mean, we give Lexi Brown pick an A, but does that trade – what do you think of the trade and does it change your grade for Connecticut? So it was a really interesting trade because when it first happened, I'm kind of sitting there thinking to myself, okay, th- like it's a good trade, but then, you know, next year I'm just curious how how she's going to fit – how Holmes is going to fit into the team. Um, I, I could see some many ways that she does. I like the move because I think Connecticut – has so much talent and already has a really stacked roster that for this year, even if, like if they didn't do that trade, it would be hard. We, we talk about this, right? If you, if you follow the W, you know, for even for a first round pick, right? It's not a guarantee that you're going to be on a spot. This is one this, this is, if not the hardest league, one of the hardest leagues to be a first round pick in because you are not guaranteed a roster spot. So for me, I'm looking at it more from a roster perspective of Connecticut saying, yeah, we just freed up some space for this season because, and then we don't have to worry about that issue till next season. The next season, we can kind of deal with it and reevaluate. Um, and with who they have, I think that's a smart move. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think Bria Holmes had a really good rookie season. I think the analytics for her last year and her sophomore season were bad, but I think it's kind of a good buy low. Like, look at the end of the day, Bria Holmes at the level she's at now is better than the average 15th pick by a long shot. So I think in that sense, the trade made sense. And for Atlanta, look, they have a lot of guards and Holmes isn't even available last year. So this gave them an opportunity to get to a different type of player. Let's just do Atlanta now since we're on them. And I think they got an A, you know, the rich get richer, as they say, as far as off season to get Billings, who's someone who I think can play both the three and the four at the next level and I think she's the perfect fit for a more open, modern style. Um, I think she's going to work on her three ball. I think from all the quotes we got, you know, Pat Ralph talked to her like she understands that she needs to be someone who can space the floor and play the wing as well as the post. And I think like both Connecticut and Atlanta, you know, getting an A. Um, they also add Christy Wallace. So we'll see if she kind of makes the roster or not. But to get Billings at 15. Um, I don't know how you could say that's anything but an A. Yeah, agree. I mean, uh, and and all right, let's move on to the links from here because this is a point that I don't want to harp on too long, but I want to get it out there. To me, I'm not going to give a, a draft grade specifically to the links. It's not good if I did because what I saw here was that our point was proven time and, uh, time and time again throughout this draft, which is you can get top talent. You can get talent that can make the roster at 12. And you can get it even a few after 12. Now, I understand they still had a couple picks in the draft, and they did some trades, and they got some they got some people, right? But at the end of the day, okay, excuse me, the last pick in the first round, you still can go with a lot of people. If you want, you can go with Russell. If you want, you can go Billings. Mavunga's still there also, right? So to me, and, and Heinz Allen also. So to me, you got to look at that as, a, a, as not a pass. Pass, fail. I'd say fail for the links. That's my take. Um, well, so my question though is, are you factoring in that they traded away their first round pick? 
Yes. That okay. I guess I don't. I don't. Well, I, I don't want to ding them twice. From you know, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we ding them in free agency, so we got to grade them on what did they do in the draft with the picks they had. Now they make the trade with Vegas. Um, I don't know. What do you like? I feel like that's kind of an on the margins trade. I mean, Vegas definitely got like the best prospect in that trade, but we know Minnesota's in a win now mode. I don't know. Minnesota did get Jill Barda from Gonzaga, and I've heard like she she does have some upside. Um, I I don't know. I almost want to give the links like a B plus because I think like Jill Barda for someone who went eighth in the third round is somebody who like is arguably as good as anyone who went in the second round and they found a way to kind of maneuver towards that. You know, I'm not going to ding them twice for trading the first round pick. So I'm, I'm going to give them kind of a B plus for what they did. Um, you know, Bart is someone who maybe has an outside chance of like helping them this year. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when it comes to Minnesota, I, I, I struggle with that because, you know, I think it, it kind of, it was dictated by that. Their draft grade, in my mind, ha- will have an asterisk next to it because of that, no matter what I give them. So to me, I just I still have that sour taste because I'm thinking you could really get some talent there. But I don't want to harp on that too long. Moving on to the New York Liberty, getting Kia Nurse, uh, or you could start calling them the New York the New York Kias these days. Um, well, first of all, do you think that they're about to get sponsored by Kia? Well, you and Howard Megdal keep talking about that. <laughs> well, I saw Kia tweet that out. Um, I did think it was funny, but I do really like this pick, and I really like what New York did. I don't think they necessarily filled the hole that we wanted them to, right? We spoke about this a lot. We wanted them to to get someone who can control their offense I don't th- and, and dictate their team a little bit more. I don't think they necessarily got that with Kia, but I will say that I still really like the pick, so I'm giving them somewhere in the Bs. Um, I, I'll disagree with you on this one. I thought New York did well. And again, like I'm not, you know, uh, it's weird. I'm giving the three teams I call losers in free agency, I'm giving B pluses to A's. Um, I think, look, first round pick, you get Kia Nurse at 10. Um, that's a high value. They didn't have like a position of need. I think, look, Kia Nurse is a really good shooter. She knows her role. She can space the floor. I think she can fit in right away to a team that has the pieces to be a winning team now. I like that pick. Um, you know, you could argue maybe Vidiva, like when you're picking 10th, you could argue New York should have went Vidiva and just take the upside talent at that point. But I think even though we might not think they're contenders, like they're still operating from a point of a perennial playoff team that's looking to improve. And I think Nurse helps them right away. And then you get Russell from New York. And if, you know, 10th in the second round, I mean, if she is like 80% of what she projects to be, that's a steal. So I'm going I'm to give him an A. You know, I'm going to give him an A for this. All right. Moving on to the Los Angeles Sparks, who I'm giving an A, because they got Vidiva at 11. Now, I'm not going to go as, as, as out there as some other people who I respect will and say that she could be a top one or two pick. What I will say is that to get her at 11, that's great. That's just great for the Sparks, right? I mean, does their offseason get any better from now? Um, Yeah, I mean, they're a clear winner. Like, you get get the diva. And, um, you know, they actually, they got Shaquayla Thomas as well with the 11th pick in the second round. And, I mean, 
I know, mm-hmm. um, you know, her hoop stats did some kind of a mock draft that used like advanced analytics and she was like way higher up, you know, like kind of in that first round area. So they, they did well there too. So yeah, I mean, again, to pick 11th and get Vidiva, it's hard not to call it an A. Um, because at 11, it's almost like even if she is a bust or doesn't come over, like you really don't lose anything there. Like they're already a contender. Yeah, hundred percent, exactly, and and that that's why I really like the move, and and I don't think there's much more to say other than they did a great job. Um, the last team, the Phoenix Mercury, who I like the pick of Gulich. I'm I'm a fan of her. I do question that Billings was still around, and and Mavunga. Um, so to me, that's my one knock at them. But but I don't dislike the pick. Gulich. Um, I mean that's where we had her going. Um, you know. I feel like yeah. at that point they needed a center to back up Griner. The options were Mavunga, Gulich, um, you know, maybe Russell, though obviously teams didn't feel as high on her. Um, B plus, A minus. Uh, they, they got Tyler Skay from Rutgers in the second round, Raisin Mussina. Um, we'll see ones from Russia, so an overseas as well as people are pretty high on the guard from Rutgers. So, yeah, I mean, A minus, B plus, like they just kind of, they did the right things at the right time. It's not needle moving, but given where they were in the draft, I think they, they made the right calls. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that one. I mean, all in all, I mean, I, and I think you can tell from this, is this wasn't as, as formal as, our, as most of our shows, just because this was an emotional time where, you know, a lot of us expected certain things to be guarantees or kind of expected teams to go in certain directions and they didn't. And honestly, I, I won't, I'll, I'll keep it at 100. I was on a plane overseas um, and I'm watching it online on like the horrible internet that you have on an overseas flight. And like it kept hiccuping on, on the Wi-Fi and I kept being like, all right, so is this a mistake or like what's going on? And I'm sitting in my chair. It's two in the morning on this airplane and I'm jumping up and down making noises and I'm getting shushed from all over the plane because I'm like, this, this, is, this is the type of draft that that the WNBA fans deserve. And I'm beyond excited about it. We're not going to get too much more into that. We have more stuff coming about the draft, so I don't want to beat it beat it dead. But get excited, guys, because we have a lot more coming about these young players. We're going to speak with Pat Ralph about his experience at the draft in our coming shows. Um, and, and Pat has some really cool stuff. And then also, make sure to subscribe to our Patreon. And this isn't just a shameless plug. We have some really cool content that will be included in our first newsletter. That's going to be going out. So make sure to subscribe so you can be part of that. It's going to be a weekly newsletter coming out at the beginning of each week. All right, guys. So make sure you get on that. Remember, this has been the WNBA Insider Show. I'm Arya Schwartz along with Eli Horowitz. Each week we give honest and critical analysis of the WNBA using X's and O's to bring you, the fans, the things that you want to hear.